I tell you what I do after I record the podcast every week. I'm going to the Grove for Sauce on the Side. The calzones are amazing. Sauce on the Side offers a variety of calzones, salads, and desserts. My favorites include the pesto-filled roasty toasty and the poncho via. Don't forget about the dessert calzones and the special of the month. Sauce on the Side has several locations in the metro area, including the new one in St. Charles. Order online at sauceontheside.com for pickup or delivery. That's sauceontheside.com. Today on the podcast, the little blue eyes white dragon, Seishin, joins the show to talk about being one of the prominent women's wrestlers from the Midwest, intergender wrestling, and the magic of the dragon mask. It's all today on the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. Hey everybody, have you heard that we have merchandise, t-shirts, and they're pretty cool too. Wrestling at the Grandel and the Grandel Wrestling Podcast t-shirts are now available at buyjack.com slash Wrestling. Welcome, everybody, back to the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. I'm Ben Simon, and today I'm with Seishin. Seishin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ben Simon. Tremendous. You know, you really are becoming one of the top women's wrestlers <coughs> in the area, mm-hmm. and it really doesn't matter who you're in the ring with. I love calling the six-way matches the multi-man, multi-person, <laughs> and then Seishin comes out and wins the whole thing. And the crowd goes wild. It's really special. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. You're one of uh, the very intriguing personalities, in my opinion. And it all started in Belleville, Illinois, here in the St. Louis area. Talk about your background and how you came into wrestling. Um, yes, yeah, so um, I have actually grew up in Belleville, uh, Illinois, originally. I lived there for nine years. Um, and then my uh, my mom she married my stepdad, uh, so we both then we moved to Wisconsin, stayed there for two years. My mom did not like the weather because it was always snowing and stuff, and the snow would be so heavy. Um, so then, like we moved from there to St. Louis, Missouri, in 2000, 2007. Um, how I really what made me really get into wrestling. Um, so like I would watch it a lot with my uh stepdad and my grandpa back then um they were like all about like macho man and ultimate warrior and all of them um i remember like we all watched like friday night smackdown and all that all that type stuff um but then uh i actually stopped watching wrestling for a minute because my stepdad passed away um so it just it just kind of didn't really feel right. Um, just, you know, w- without him. The just, connection's gone. The connection is gone. Like, it's like you you passed away, left us with Trinity. Trinity is his daughter, my little sister. She was only uh, three months when he passed away. So she didn't really know him. She only knows him by, like, photos. Um, so, like, the connection was gone. So then one one night, uh, I think Raw was on. I think I saw The Shield or something. So, like, I've already missed – I feel like I missed a lot because, like, I'm like, who is The Shield? Who is Sasha? Like, Bailey and all them. I'm like, what, who, who, who are these people? 
So um, Trinity, she was actually like, you know, interested. She was like, she was sitting down and watching it. So like I sat down and watched it with her, me and my mom. And like, it just kind of brought back memories of me and my stepdad watching it together because you know she already resembles him so I'm like oh my god like this this is cool she likes it so I'm finna start back watching it as well um I never really knew how to get into wrestling I knew like I wanted to do it but before I wanted to do it I knew I had to get my black belt first. I, my mom was like, well, you, you're not doing it until you... You have a martial arts background. I do. Wow. Uh, okay, talk about this a little bit. So I actually started karate when I was 14 years old. And I got my black belt at the age of 20. So after I got my black belt, that's when we started looking <clears throat> into wrestling um because like my mom said she's like you know you need to you need to get this black belt first before you jump into something else i'm trying to place the time frame here yeah i know you're very young yeah <laughs> what, what what year are we talking here when you were 20 so okay so when i was 20 oh dang uh uh uh, uh freak um i was <laughs> i was 20 2016 2016 yes okay but uh yes I, i'm 25 now um so after I got my black belt, I um, got into uh, re- wrestling. And at first, my mom was going to send me to Texas to train at a Booker T school. Wow. Uh, but then she was like, oh, hold on. Like, it, well, it was, I'm sorry. Let me backtrack. Booker T school, she was like, either, you know, I send you to, you know, stay with your cousins out there in Texas and you can train at the Booker T school or you can uh, I can find you a place like an apartment out there in Georgia to train with A.R. Fox. And so I had to deci- I had to like, you know, decide, do I want to go to Booker T school or do I want to train with Fox? And um, I and my mom, she found out that there was a, a school 30 minutes from my house. And she's like, oh, okay, you know, you don't have to, you know, leave or n- nothing like that. There's a Dynamo. There's a school called Dynamo Pro, like 30 minutes from here down at the Limp Brewery. So, yeah. So that's where I started training. <laughs> uh, your mom is, to this day, one of the biggest fans in the crowd. Yes. And incredibly supportive. Uh, I had no idea that she was prepared to send you to Texas, to Houston, to train with Booker T. Mm-hmm. That must have meant a heck of a lot to you. Yeah, it, it, it meant a lot. Like, it just shows, like, how much she cares and how supportive she is because she knows, like, she knows, like, ever since, like, you know, my stepdad and my grandfather, when they passed away, like, I was just, you know, not myself. So karate, like, it really made me happy. And, like, she wants, you know, she was, you know, doing her best to keep me happy. So she's like, you know, I let me you know, help her find a wrestling school. So she's just been like, you know, my biggest supporter since since day one. Since day one. <laughs> since, day, since 95, yeah. No doubt. She always calls the wrestlers her wrestling babies. Like, she she, she loves you guys so much. She loves all the wrestlers out there. She she talks about you a lot, too. She's I, like. She's so kind. She, I, I, I love her. Yeah, she, she said, she said, oh, there go Clark Kent. Like, because you oh. heard the good. <laughs> she I all, never heard that. She, yeah, she calls you Superman. She's like, that is the real Clark Kent. Oh, my mom, Ben Simons, Clark Kent. And she's like, yes, that is Clark Kent. He's so handsome. And she just so, oh. gives you all these props and stuff. <laughs> She's on to me. No, I didn't God. think anyone knew uh, about my identity. Um, so you have this background in karate. Mm-hmm. So already uh, a, a striker, a black belt. Yes. 
and you're training at Dynamo at the Lent Brewery, yes. which is a, a historic complex here in St. Louis. And Dynamo has been there for many years as a part oh, yeah. of that. Sadie Blaze McCazzy, mm-hmm. uh, the trainer, yes. he's the one who got you kind of started at first in the ring, right? Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, Sadie Blaze, a.k.a. McCazzy, he's the one who actually took me through, like, the basics and all that. And uh, I was with them for, I want to say, a year, about a year. Um, and then that's when I um, moved to uh, – Michael Elgin's training. In the same facility, but and Elgin the, has a different class. Yeah, so, like, it's, like, same school, but, like, different classes, you know? So, yeah, so been with Dynamo for a year, and then I, that's when I started um, training with Elgin. Was that more intense? How was that different? Um, it, was, it was very different because, like, he showed me, like, you know, he, he's, he's the one who basically was breaking down everything for me when it came to wrestling. Like, he would tell me, like, you know, hey, make sure you study this person. Like, see how they move in the ring. See what they do. See how they use their strikes. See how, you know, X, Y, Z, all that. So, um, he was the one who basically, like, helped me break, broke down the formula for me when it came to my training. And some psychology, too. Psychology, yeah. yes. He was he was good at psychology, something that, like, I didn't really, like, understand back then. But, like, I pretty much get it now. Mm-hmm. You were training for a while. I remember seeing you around the Dynamo shows as one of the trainees. Mm-hmm. But then you had your first match in December 2017 at yes. Concordia Turners mm-hmm. in South St. Louis. It was a three-way women's match. Yes. Uh, it was you and Savannah Stone and Rain Victoria. Yes. How did you have like the butterflies in your stomach before you came out for this? Oh How were you feeling? Oh my god! I to the point. Yeah, I had hella butterflies. Like you can ask Outlaw because he was there. I had hella butterflies. I was scared because first of all, I again I'm brand new. I don't really know much about a triple threat, let alone like a singles. So like when they told me that, hey, it's a triple threat, and I was like, no, it's a singles. And it was like, well, we're turning into a triple threat. And I was like, no. I was just thinking in my head like, come on, no. So yeah, it it got turned into a triple threat, and I was I was I was scared. Did you think now back then you were going under the name Tootie Lynn Ramsey? Yes. Which I mean I still call you Tootie to this day. That's fine. Uh, and and I would definitely want to talk about your uh, new in ring identity later because it really is something. But mm-hmm. when you were in there with Savannah and Rain, did it help you at all to be in the ring with two more experienced wrestlers since it was your first match? Um yeah, because they guided me the best way. Uh, they guided me the best way they could, um, and I was able to, you know, listen and, like, remember everything that went on in our match. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was all right. You have this, uh, as, as you built your reputation in wrestling uh, and the fans knew you more, you had this, uh, your own maneuvers that come to light mm-hmm. uh, as every wrestler develops their repertoire. And one of the... Maneuvers or spots, if you will, that always stuck with me was actually really terrifying. I call it like the backpack dive. <gasps> I'm not sure if, oh, yeah, you know what I'm talking Kobe about. Kobe Durst. Oh my God. Well, let me describe it for anyone who hasn't seen go it. Go ahead, go ahead. So you'll be in a match with some bigger guys. It's usually you and all men. 
and uh, they'll offer their back to you, and you hop on like your uh, like a piggyback or something, or yes. like a backpack, mm-hmm. and then they hit the ropes, or, or they run toward the ropes and do a suicide dive mm-hmm. uh, with you on the back, yes. adding weight. Yes. Um, so the first time I saw this, I was like, wow. I wonder if that's a one and done, but you've done that more than once. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about that, because that's got to be uh, terrifying. So yeah, that that was that was terrifying, and like <laughs> it's funny because like the guys that was in the match with us were so against it. They were they were against it because they were like, eh, we gotta protect. Tootie. It's like dangerous. It's dangerous, right? Yeah. It's something that you don't really see on the daily basis when you're watching wrestling. I'd say not. So the guys were like, hey, we're not doing it. And Kobe, okay. Kobe Durst. Kobe Durst. Freaking Kobe Durst. Love him. Um, we're we're in the ring. Boom, boom, boom. Everything's going on so chaotic, right? Boy, I stand up. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe puts me on his back, and he was like, it's your time to shine. And I was like, excuse me? And we, boy, this boy, this crazy boy hits the ropes, and, and, and thank God, uh, um, what's, what's, what's his name? Um, uh, the one guy, the one gentleman in our match, too. He held the ropes down for us. Uh, uh, so there's more room to clear. Yes, more room to clear because yeah. you you can't just go through it. Like you've seen the ropes, you can't just you can't. Cause my head, like, come on, man, can you imagine? But like we, he he held the held the ropes down for us. And Barakis was out there. You know, you know Barakis. Big Barakis. Yeah. Yes, Barakis saw us coming, and he was like, the only thing I could think about was Tootie. And he caught me and Kobe, and I don't think Stephen Wolf was happy. Stephen Wolf like looked down and was like, "Oh, bet!" So everybody just started flipping out the ring. It was so hilarious, but it was such a fun match. Like that's one of the most fun I've ever had. You know, that's that's got to be extra terrifying because that is one of the instances where you are one hundred percent not in control of your own body. I'm and not. No, I'm not. And then, you know, what's crazy is my mother and my aunt and my other relatives were in the audience. My aunt moved the guardrail Ooh. and she was trying to get in and, and one of the referees was like, no, he was, he was like, auntie, wait, like, don't, don't go in there. She was like, my niece is on the floor. What, what is going on? And like, my mom had to like sit her down. I think, I think my, um, the boys in the locker room, like jumped to their feet. Cause like, it's like when you saw us go, you didn't see us no more. So it's like, we just disappeared. Yeah. But yeah, it, that was a, it was a pretty fun match. It was intense. I mentioned intergender wrestling. A lot of times on the independent scene, all of the women wrestle intergender matches, Mm -hmm. and it's not like really even a a gimmick anymore. It's simply because there's not that many women wrestlers to work with. Right. What's your take on intergender wrestling? I mean, you're very regular to it at this point. Yeah, at this point I'm regular to it. Uh, I, I just feel like I can do more with the boys. Like, it's no offense to to, like, some ladies, but, like, you know how males can like base better and you can do like all the crazy uh, flips and all that on them. Like just, just stuff like that. I like them because they can base. They're like, they're good basers, you know? Like that's no knock off the ladies or anything, but like just the, the men, they, they, they know how to base well for like when I can, when I have to do like my crazy luchas that they, they're really good basers. 
the dynamic is is always really interesting to me because you, you, not only are you uh, a female wrestler, but you're also one of the smaller ones. Mm -hmm. So when you're the, all the big guys, it's it's the it's like kind of cartoonish. It's kind of a humorous <laughs> uh, comparison. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like Tom and Jerry up in there. I'm yeah. Jerry, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when you were starting, your Tootie Lynn Ramsey, mm -hmm. all in blue. Uh, with I think you had blue eyeliner. Was I that right? did. Uh, I had like eyeshadow, like blue yeah. eyeshadow. Mind you, I'm not like the makeup type person. So like that I, was your I, thing. Yeah, it was my thing as Tootie. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I was, I was Tootie Lynn Ramsey because I was a samurai, right? But um, with the mask character, uh, I'm Seishing, the little blue eyes, white dragon Seishing. Mm -hmm. So um. Tootie eventually evolved to Seishin, and Seishin is her inner spirit. And that's why when, when I wear my Seishin gear, if you see the black Japanese symbol right there, it means spirit. So, and how you say spirit? Seishin I in Japanese. Mm -hmm. So I am Seishin. That's, that's very nice to know. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember being on a car ride with you a long time. It might have been the only car ride we were ever on together. And I heard... Someone there was talking about uh, ways to. I, I can't, once again, I can't remember who it was. Right, right. They were giving you advice on how to uh, maybe uh, evolve that character. And someone suggested, what about a mask? Because there aren't that many women in wrestling who wear masks. Mm -hmm. And it might make you more marketable. Mm -hmm. What? How did you get the mask was it all your idea or was it influenced from someone else no honestly uh, i've been told that by multiple people uh Baracus was one of them uh i think outlaw said something um i i was definitely for the mask idea um the only person who was against it was my mom because she was like oh your face is so pretty and i was like i ain't in this business to look pretty the heck yeah. anyways but yeah um I want to say it was like Baracus and uh, other people. Um, I like wearing a mask because, again, it's marketable. It's different. And don't nobody else on the wrestling scene look like me or can't move my, like me or anything like that. Um, and plus, like, I wear it not just for, like, the Seishin gimmick, but because I feel like it helps with my anxiety as well. Because if you see my face, I like, I can see the crowd. Like, not saying I can't see without the mask, but... Without the mask, it's like y'all can see me, but it's with with the mask. It's like aha, like y'all can't see me, so I'm not like as nervous. But yeah, Brett Hitman Hart once famously said that the whole reason he wore those pink sunglasses mm -hmm. back in the day was to hide his nervousness or maybe his anxiety. No way. And yeah, and even though they were cool, so it was like two birds, one stone. It no. Kind of what you're describing with the mask. Would you say that you and, and so you're in good company with the anxiety? Right. How do you deal with that? Because I also a lot of people in my family are very anxious, and sometimes you're thrust into that role, whether it's mm -hmm. public speaking or athletics. How do you deal with that internally before a match? Um, deep breaths, and I'm also surrounded in a locker room where I trust everyone. I'm surrounded by people who are very supportive and every time i'm in a locker room everyone tells me like look we you know go out there have fun same with the bookers they're like look we just want you all we want you to do is go out there and have fun and be safe because you know if you're not having fun then what's the point 
So I'm just, I'm just, I think it's because I'm surrounded by really good people who are very supportive of me. And then like, especially if they know that I have like anxiety and stuff, they're like, you know, we just want you to be safe. So Mm -hmm. what would you say is your biggest strength in wrestling as a performer? My biggest strength? Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, the mask, because you know, it hides my face and like my kids love masks. They love it. Yeah. Um, also, my martial arts, because that's what gets me over uh, when it comes to my matches. My martial arts, the mask, and, like, my speed mm-hmm. in the ring. Um, I know I got to slow down, but. <laughs> um, well, and you're a striker, too, we were talking about because uh-huh. of the martial arts background. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, th- those those are those are my strengths when, when it comes to wrestling. Oh, and, and my mom, because mm-hmm. she's supportive. Well, good. You know, you're still relatively new in the game, but things are looking up for you. And I've been following you on social media. Mm. And as we all know, talking to everybody on the show, even the established wrestlers, it's never uh, it's never time to stop learning. And I saw you were training rec- recently with Davey Richards. Yes. Uh, and what was that like? <laughs> I saw you were so happy because he, he told you you did something very well. Yeah, like I, I did the it's called the cravat. It mm-hmm. was like this. So it's called the cravat. Um, we, uh, he was teaching us how to like, you know, work on holes and all that stuff that I need to actually work on anyway, because I feel like I don't really do a lot of holds in my matches. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, when he, when he told me I did a good job, like it just, it just made me feel good. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like I did it. Cause like, you know, I take pride in my work. So yeah. Are you a perfectionist? Perfectionist? Yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing, but it's also so damning, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because it's so hard to be uh, it, satisfied sometimes. You right, know? right, right, right. Um, what would you say uh, are some of your uh, struggles coming up in wrestling so far? Um, Still, basically, um, I ain't going to lie, promos. I'll be, I'll be stuttering like a mug. That's uh, tough. You <laughs> think you know what you're going to say, and then it happens. and you, it, Right. I get so mad. It's like as soon as I start, I get mad because like, I know I'm going to forget, and, but that's what I got outlawed for, so he can help me. Um, but, yeah, promos and um, still, you know, being nervous when I go out there to wrestle. Uh, but I'm getting, I, I'm getting better at that, but definitely promos. When you became Seishin, uh, one of the differences in your ring announcement, uh, it was hard for me to understand because I wasn't familiar with um, Yu-Gi-Oh, I think it is. Uh-huh. Um, but you said, I have a new nickname, the little blue eyes white dragon. And I was like, what? And I think I asked you like seven oh times. I, was, I could, It just didn't register with me. Yeah. What is, uh, explain that. Uh, and you had some, uh, some new fun contacts in yes. your eyes too. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's... That's why I became the Little Blue Eyes White Dragon, uh, because I've always loved the Blue Eyes White Dragon. I loved Yu-Gi-Oh growing up. So I was like, hey, why not, you know, add the blue contacts? I can become the Little Blue Eyes White Dragon. Like, who else has a Little Blue Dragon on the wrestling scene? Like, nowhere. Yeah. I actually, um, in this business forming a personality, forming a character, nicknames, whatever it is, people have to be 
versatile mm-hmm. and you're no exception and you have been versatile i also saw on youtube the other day that you're part of a new project yes called the b-a-c-w what does that stand for b-a-c-w uh that stands for back you know what i ain't gonna lie uh look i'm not gonna it's like oh <laughs> uh, jesus oh my gosh um, well okay look to be fair they only advertise themselves as b-a-c-w anyway w, yeah but it is a, a youtube project and uh it's it's basically a crowdless audience right. uh, or a crowdless uh match setting where you guys are in uh, a facility and you mm-hmm. were refereeing a match between mike outlaw and fred yehi yes uh and it's just, it looks like a, a really, like, gritty project. Right. Uh, talk a little bit about the BACW on YouTube. So, basically, it's a project uh, that we are doing. Um, it started with uh, Fred Fred Yehi, who's from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, started off with him and uh, some of his buddies down there. And uh, it was just called BACW. Um, but, um, so, they, they they've been doing it since they were, like, 13 and uh then they had stopped uh because um i know uh fred had went to the military for a little bit uh and then he also got into like the actual like indie indie wrestling Mm -hmm. um but now he's bringing it to st louis i don't think they've done bhcw uh for like a while now like they're just now like he's just now bringing it back but this time it's bacw grudges um and the pro the project basically is um the f- basically the f- the focal point it's like is fight club kind of k- kind of like that it's it's like a place where you can settle your grudges right. against people and obviously outlaw and fred they had a this grudge because outlaw kept calling him out on twitter saying that he wants to fight him and all that so now that fred finally showed up it happened and you were the ref i was it the was ref. very entertaining you thank did a wonderful you. job thank you um as far as coming up here in the future i know that you're a regular at glory pro wrestling these days which is now running at the south broadway athletic club here in st louis uh what's coming down uh the pike for you uh here in the uh in in wrestling in general What's coming out of pike for me? Like what I'm gonna be doing? Yeah, what's coming up for Seishin? Okay, so I know that I've been doing like some fun things, but I'm not I'm not allowed to talk about it just Ooh, yet. Oh, okay. Sounds um, big. So you know, you just gotta wait and see for that. Uh but I can tell you that this uh this Friday and uh this Friday, this weekend actually. As I'm we're go- recording this, yeah. I'm going to be in Texas. Uh, I'm wrestling for VIP wrestling uh, in Dallas, Texas, Texas, and then Sunday, uh, I'm wrestling for Sabotage in San Antonio, uh, and then I know next weekend I we have Black Wrestlers Matter in uh, Iowa on Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Juneteenth yeah. Yeah. Actually, by the time everyone's hearing this, that probably already happened, and I'm sure it was a smashing success. Right. Seishin, uh we are just about out of time here. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Grand Del Wrestling Podcast. How can people follow you online? All right, so uh, go on Facebook and follow me on uh, Tootie Lynn Ramsey uh, Instagram. You can either type in Seishin, that's S-E-I-S-H-I-N, or just, you know, like I said, type in Tootie Lynn Ramsey. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at the Tootie Lynn. Tremendous. And you can follow me in that horrible, horrible 
Twitter universe at the Ben Simon. Follow the podcast on Instagram, Grandel Wrestling, and on Twitter at Grandel Wrestle. This show is recorded at Midco Studio here in St. Louis, Midtown. The engineers today were Grace Robertson and Ryan Torpia. The producer of the show is Joey O'Farrell. My name is Ben Simon for the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. And until next time, we say so long from the Show Me State.